Thank you for listening to Crossroads Community Church of Jefferson Hills. At Crossroads, our mission is to be the church by sharing and showing the love of Christ and inviting others to be recipients of Christ's love. Now, here is this week's message from Pastor Floyd Hughes. Good morning, Crossroads. Welcome to our Sunday morning celebration where we love celebrating Jesus, especially when we can do it the very first Sunday of the year. I am sorry that we aren't all together in person to do this, but to be honest, some of y'all probably won't see this till later because you're sleeping in. Hopefully you had a very happy, very blessed, and very safe New Year celebration. Uh, I'm praying also everyone had a Merry Christmas. Um, I do want to share one thing. Next week, we are back meeting in person in the building. I'm sorry we couldn't start the new year off together in person, but next year we're back meeting in person, um, God willing, and of course, weather permitting. Always pay attention to the weather conditions in your community. Uh, so normally for the first message and sermon of the year, a lot of congregations will start off the year by sharing their vision for the new year. Here's what they hope to accomplish. Here's what they want to see done. Now, our vision stays the same every single year. Our vision doesn't change. Our mission doesn't change. What God has called us to do does not change from the year to year. Uh, for those who are unfamiliar with it, our mission is to be the church, to share the love of Christ in and around our communities. Doesn't matter if you live in West Mifflin, Jefferson Hills, Pleasant Hills, Elizabeth, Glassport, it doesn't matter. Downtown Pittsburgh, wherever you live, our mission is to be the church by sharing the love of Christ, but also by showing the love of Christ. It doesn't matter if we tell people God loves you and I love you, but the words don't match our actions. We're saying one thing, but then with our words, we're doing another. So we want to share the love of Christ, but we also want to show it with our actions. And then, of course, as God allows us to, we want to invite others to be recipients of his amazing love. The whole reason we're here, the whole reason we're doing this is to tell people about Jesus and to invite them to be a part of his kingdom and to be a part of his family. So I wanted to start this year with a reminder of why we do the things that we do, but also with a sneak peek at the series that we're going to start next week. And we're going to spend uh, the next couple of weeks walking through the Gospel of Mark in a series called Mark My Words. And the reason we're calling it that is because Mark shapes a very unique picture of Jesus Christ and shares a very unique and powerful message uh, that we need to take to heart. So I want to give you a sneak peek this week of that series. Uh, and I'm going to ask you to, if you have a Bible, turn to the last chapter of the book of Mark, Mark chapter 16. If you don't, I'm going to put the words here up here on screen and uh, you can follow along with me. But when you get to the end of the book of Mark, many of your Bibles have a quote like this in it, right? It says, the earliest manuscripts and some other ancient witnesses do not have verses 9 through 20 of the book of Mark. Now, Here's the thing. A lot of scholars and theologians uh, say that it was added later. This was something that came around right around, I, I want to say, the mid-1700s to early 1800s when people started to question this. Here's the thing, though. 
Although some manuscripts don't have the verses, many of the early church fathers were familiar with and quoted these verses. Uh, people like Papias in AD 100, right? He included the verses in his writing, the verses from Mark, so they were known. Uh, Justin Martyr quoted the last verse within the uh, 50 years after the death of the apostles, so he was aware of it. Hippolytus quotes verses 17 and 18, uh, somewhere in between AD 190 and AD 220. Right? And Eusebius was familiar with the last 12 verses, and this is around AD 325. So the early church fathers, they were familiar with the verses. They quoted the verses. They used them when they shared and talked to people these verses from Mark. So, uh, contrary to what many people believe, they were not added sometime in the 17 or 1800s. Otherwise, these people wouldn't have known about them. Now, uh, there are so many more references from people who were familiar with them, uh, which is why I believe they were valid. But here's what they say. Here's the emphasis of these verses. Um, in Matthew chapter 16, uh, excuse me, Mark chapter 16, uh, verses 9 through 11, it says this. When Jesus rose early in the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had driven seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him and who were mourning and weeping, when they heard that Jesus was alive and that she had seen him, they didn't believe it. So even though she went and told the apostles about it, they doubted it. And this, 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 this last couple of verses, this verse and the last couple of verses, are all about the importance of, of, of why we shouldn't doubt what God has called us to do. Uh, the next verses say this, uh, Afterward, Jesus appeared in a different form to two of them, meaning the disciples, while they were walking in the country. They returned and reported it to the rest, and they didn't believe them either. Now, this is one of the more uh, famous accounts of Scripture that a lot of people are familiar with. Uh, it's called the Road to Emmaus verses because there were two gentlemen walking on the road to Emmaus, and then Jesus appeared. Where it says he appeared in another form, he appeared so that in a way that they didn't recognize that it was Jesus. And he walked with them, and he talked with them. Uh, and here's what it actually says in the book of Luke. As these two men, as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus came up and walked along them. They were talking about, actually, his death and his burial. Jesus came up, he talks with them, he questions them, but then he ends up saying this to them in verse 25. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. He said, did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. So he began with Moses. When the Bible references Moses, it's talking about the law, the first five books of the Old Testament. So beginning with Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, uh, Jesus starts talking to them and shows them in the scripture, this is about me, this is about me, this is about me, this is about me. And then it says, and all the prophets. Now, the, all the prophets includes the historical books, the major prophets and the minor prophets. As they're walking and talking, Jesus is like, this is about me. 
This is about me. This is about me. This is about me. Now, he, they don't know it's him. So he says, this is about Jesus. This is about his resurrection. This is where it says he's going to die. This is where it says he's going to raise from the dead. So over and over again, he's reiterating the importance to them of understanding his words. Now, we just celebrated Christmas, right? But none of that matters if the birth of Christ doesn't point us to the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Now, back in the book of Mark, uh, in verse 14, later Jesus appeared to the eleven as they were eating, and he rebuked them for their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him after he had risen. So he shows up, and he criticizes and rebukes them, saying, why didn't you believe? Because he had just spent three and a half years with them, preaching and teaching with them and telling them that this is what's going to happen. And even if they didn't get that part, the last few weeks and months were spent with him pointing them to his death, his burial, and his resurrection. His last days were spent pointing them to his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And he kept telling them, this is why you are called. This is why you are here, so that you guys can go out. Even early on, uh, he sent them all out to go tell people the good news, that the kingdom of heaven is here. Now is the time that they're supposed to do what they've been training in these last three years with Jesus for, and they choked. They didn't go tell anyone. They didn't go share the gospel. They just choked. So Jesus emphasized the word of God as the main source for believing and trusting in him. And Mark emphasizes how Jesus criticized those who didn't believe. Now, when we get to the series, Mark My Words, we're going to share the rest of the verses and why they're significant. But I wanted to share these passages because the church has one job. We have one job to do, right? Because of their lack of faith, it says that Jesus rebuked them because they were being stubborn and refusing to believe that he had risen. And if they didn't believe that he had risen, they weren't going out and telling other people that he had risen. So they weren't doing the one job that he had equipped them from for years to do. And we in the body of Christ, we have one job today. And that is to go out and be the church to tell people that there is a God who loved them enough that he sent his son to be born in a manger just so he could grow up and die on the cross to pay the penalty for their sins. That's the one job we in the church have to do. And if Jesus were to show up today, he would rebuke us for our lack of faith and doing the one job that he has called us to do. Peter, one of the apostles, one of the people that he rebuked, later writes to the church, and he chastises them in the same way. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, this is the message version. He says, but you are the ones chosen by God. Just as the apostles had been handpicked by God, those of us in the body of Christ, we're the ones who have been chosen by God for the high calling of priestly work. Other versions say to be a royal priesthood. The role of the priest is to intercede between the people 
and between God. We go and to the people and say, hey, thus saith the Lord, and then point them to God. That's what the priest's supposed to do. That's what we're supposed to do today. He says, to chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people. We're supposed to be different. We're not better than the world. We're not saying that they are less than us, but we are supposed to be different than them. We're supposed to be holy. We There are things that we just aren't supposed to engage in. There are things that we just won't do. There's ways that we're just not supposed to talk to other people, not because we're better than them, but we are different than them because we're a holy people. And here's why. Because we are God's instruments to do his work and speak out to them on behalf of him. Jesus said that we are the light. We are the, the, the light that is supposed to shine to the rest of the world. We are the ones that are supposed to, again, a royal priesthood, direct the people. Hey, if you're looking for God, don't look at me. But let me show you how you can interact with him and get to know him. We're supposed to speak out for him to tell others of the night and the difference that he made for us. Some versions say to, to tell people how he called us out of darkness into light. We're supposed to be able to share. Hey, it's not about knowing the Bible inside and out, but here is what God has done for me. That's why we're here. That's why the church exists. That is the mission of us here at Crossroads. That we're, no matter where we live, it doesn't matter uh, if you're in West Mifflin, if you're in Pleasant Hills, if you're in Jefferson Hills, if you're in Glassport, if you're in downtown Pittsburgh, we want to share and show the love of Christ. We want to show it to people with our actions, share it with our words, and as God creates the opportunity, invite them to be recipients of his amazing love. That's what we are called to do. That's the mission of Crossroads. That's the mission of the church. And every, every single year, every single month, every single week, year after year after year, 365 days a year, with the, the saying goes 24-7, 365, or 366 during leap years. That's what we are called to do. To share and to show the love of Christ to a world that is hurting and desperately needs Jesus. So I'm going to ask you to pray with me. Uh, God, we pray that we take seriously your call for us to be the church. We pray that this year, we pray that next year, we pray that every year, that our hearts and minds would be focused on being the people whom you have called, who you have chosen, so that we might share and show the love of Christ to our hurting world. And we pray this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. And everyone said, amen, amen, amen. Hey, I pray that you guys have an awesome rest of your week. Please be safe out there. Uh, please take your time when you're traveling. Uh, be safe. Enjoy your time with your families. And hopefully, uh, God willing, we will all be together again in person next Sunday. <laughs>